Welcome to Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, a podcast where nostalgia comes alive. Together, Jake and his friends interview talents varying from actors, directors, writers, producers, composers, puppeteers, and so much more. Who will they be chatting with today? Find out in this Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris Bixby, and with me today are other co-hosts, Wyatt McCullough, Matt Bingle, and our host, Jake Deffenbaugh. How are you guys? Hello. Really great. How How are you? you? How are you doing? Very good. Very, very good. I am very good as well. Who do we have today, Chris? Today, we have a writer who has worked on shows like Stanley, Jojo Circus, Mm -hmm. Word World, and... Even developed shows like Poco Yo. Yes, that's right. And he also worked on a show that is coming to Disney Plus next month. Woo! Popular, yeah! Popular Playhouse Disney show, Bear in the Big Blue House, among many other things. And he's Andy Erkes. How are you, Andy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure. Definitely. Happy to have you on. Happy to have you here. Definitely. So to start this off, we know who you are, but for those who don't, would you care to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Um, I mean, like you said, I've been uh, uh, head writing, producing, and writing uh, for t- TV and mostly kids TV for, God, you know, 30-some years now. Wow. And I think, yeah, I've been the head writer on something close to, I don't know, 700 episodes of television. Wow. Uh, um, and, yeah, and, you know, uh, just, you know, been doing it for a long time um i love the work most of the time (laughs) and and, uh you know i mean it's it's uh i've been very lucky i've been able to 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 write for a living for all that time and and raise a family and and have a house and you know it's it's been a it's been it's been a great great ride so far nice i bet it has Can you talk about your background and how you grew up? Uh, sure. Um, I grew up in the Midwest, in Indiana. Um, wow. I, I about just really just about 35, 40 minutes outside of uh, Chicago, outside of the Loop. Um, and uh, I grew up, you know, in a town called Munster, Indiana. My parents were both school teachers. Oh, my nice. dad was my yeah. My dad was the head basketball coach at my high school. I played nice. for him and, uh, you know, Indiana basketball is pretty serious. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I grew up, my parents were both the first people in their family to get college educations. Uh, the rest of the people in both sides of the family were either worked for the railroad or were farmers. So I spent a lot of time in the country uh, on farms and stuff when I was a kid um, with lots of different, lots of animals, which maybe is why I ended up writing for animals and talk so much. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, and then, uh, I went to college in, in Indiana and then came to graduate school in New York city. Um, and ha- I was, a, a graduate student in the fiction writing program at NYU and I nice. had no, so yeah, I wrote yeah. You know, short stories and stuff and I had really no aspiration to be a, a television writer. Uh, it just sort of happened. Um, I was writing, I was, you know writing stories, uh, working on a book, which I still have like, you know, 500 pages sitting around for, oh, waiting nice. for me to finish. 
And, um, you know, I, I got a, I was writing for a theater company, you know, um, it named, uh, it was Jumbo Pictures. I was writing for a theater company called Naked Angels and Jumbo Pictures came. People from Jumbo Pictures got invited to a, a sort of a theatrical benefit that I co-wrote. And some of the stuff I wrote was kind of, you know, intentionally cartoony. And um, it was starring a, the scene, the scene that I wrote that got me uh, a job at Jumbo Pictures was uh, a scene that starts a very Aguero. I don't know if you guys ever watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. I've heard, I've heard of it. Of yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Severio, Severio is, a, is uh, this, uh, this guy named Java Joe. He's this character on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Anyway, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the people, the people at Jumbo came and asked me to first, I wrote, some episodes of Doug. Um, yeah. First couple episodes of Doug, and this is when Doug was still on Nickelodeon. But yeah. I, I, I wrote a couple episodes with Doug with uh, a, a person named Ken Lonergan, who's now won. Um, he, he was, he's an Oscar-winning writer and director. Oh and, wow! Um, wow. Still, a, still a very close friend of mine, and he and I were writing partners <laughs> on yeah. a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, I mean. It just sort of, and it just sort of proceeded from there. I, I, uh, I got my, you know, Bear was my first head writing job. Yeah. Which, you know, in 96. Yeah. And, right. um, and I, you know, Mitchell sort of pulled, pulled me. It was interesting. They had, he had like, uh, what they did, they did something called five test pilots, which they, they hired like five writers to write, like essentially, right versions of the show there wasn't really much about the show at that point i mean we could mm-hmm. we, yeah. we had seen we had seen the bear we'd seen some of the puppets a little bit and uh, i wrote the episode the first episode that i wrote was the gravity episode oh and, wow oh wow and yeah because i came last to the to the drawing so i got i got what was left and all that was left was gravity and i wrote i wrote you know why bears can't fly and um uh and Mitchell chose me out of that sort of stack of writers because he, I guess, liked my version of the show the best. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a very quick run up from from my childhood to <laughs> writing for Bear. There you, go. <laughs> there, you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Awesome. So what got you into writing? Uh, I just always had a sort of, a I, I, I started, I was always, you know, had creative inclinations. I was, uh, one of my very close friends growing up, um, was a guy named Tom Morgan, who is, who, who I created a bunch of comic book characters with and mostly I would write and, and, and he would draw, but I also drew some, uh, um, he ended up being a, uh, an artist for Marvel comics. Um, oh, wow. And, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, for many years he was the artist on Captain America, the artist on Iron Man, and then he eventually uh, and is still now still an animator for Disney. He's uh, oh my god, I could. what a, yeah, whatever the current iteration of Mickey Mouse is, he's you know working on it. Um, yeah, and uh, he's an animator and director, very 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 talented artist, great guy, still a very close friend of mine. And then my other my one of my other close friends was a person that I would um, we were sort of made comedy tapes and things together growing up. And uh, he uh, ended up being a, a movie director. And then I got him into kids writing. And since then, he's, his name is Craig Carlisle. And he um, 
he and his wife are actually staying up here right now at my house with me. They're not here right now, but uh, he ended up being the, the head writer on, he wrote, for, he wrote for me, first of all, for shows like word world and, and, yes. and mama, yes. mama, Mir- mama Mirabelle and, yes. Yes. and you know, good, good and, shows. and shows like that. And then uh, he, you know, he sort of got started in kids writing and he was the, and he recently has been the head writer on, uh, on Pete the cat for Amazon. And, oh, nice. uh, and also the new version of, of Thomas um, oh, for, Mattel, oh, wow. for, for Mattel. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So um, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I also had, my father was uh, not only the head basketball coach in my high school, he was also the head of the English department. Oh, wow. And oh, nice. so I was always surrounded by people that were interested in reading and writing um, and good writers, good readers. Um, and uh you know, as I got a little bit older, I sort of, uh, you know, branched out and was not so interested in writing about, you know, the superheroes I made up anymore, but was more interested in writing short stories and and that kind of stuff. And I, like I say, I went to graduate school at NYU for yeah. in, the, in the fiction writing program, the master's degree. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was uh, and I wrote for I, I was writing for that theater company and, you know, just uh, I mean, thinking of becoming, you know, like a, like, you know, somehow someday making my living as a fiction writer, which is kind of a hilarious thing to think you're going to do. But like I was, you know, but I was, uh, I had a day job as a speech writer for the environmental protection agency um, and uh, you know, did that for several years. And then once the sort of the, the, the TV writing thing, um, uh, you know, uh, sorry. Sorry, somebody was texting That's me. Like that. no but once the once the TV writing thing started to sort of take off, I I I quit that job and and, and did it full time, and that was you know over thirty years ago now. So wow, I think nice. I think I think it, yeah, it was over thirty years ago. Yeah, and wow. um and yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And for you know, there were some really there were some years where I was, you know where I was head writing, you know, two shows at a time for PBS or, you know, um, uh, that's the reason I didn't do sub. I did the first season of Poco Yo and helped them to develop it. And then, yeah. And then afterwards they, uh, you know, it took them a really long time to do a second season. And that Poco Yo's had a life for, I mean, that was like 2005, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 2005. Yeah. Poco Yo has had a life. Uh, it's just continued and continued since then. Oh, but yes. I was on, they 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 asked me to come back and I was unable to to do it because I was head writing both on Word World and on Mama Mirabelle at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow. and so yeah, so three would have been too many. And I Definitely. suggested a guy who maybe I don't know if you guys have heard of um, uh, uh, Ken Scarborough, who's for for yes. quite, quite a few yeah. years now yeah. has been the uh, has been the the head writer for Sesame Street, um, a very you know a guy that I've known for a really long time, a great, uh, very talented head writer. I suggested they use him, and they used I think he did it for a couple more seasons, and then they they came back to me again in the fourth season, and I was it was I was still I was sort of I was just engaged. So, but I I mean Pocoyo, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of Pocoyo. I love that show. Yeah, yeah, amazing know, that's show. Right up, that's yeah, right, up there, right up there with for me with bear as far as the, you know, nice. as far as the, the quality. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had a, you know, I had a big hand in, in, in uh, both of those shows. So it's a big source of pride. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 
So getting into that field, who were some of your inspirations? Into the field of writing or the field of tel- generally or the field of television writing specifically? Uh, we go with writing in general. Uh, well, I mean, I had a lot of inspirations. I mean, it depends on when you're talking about. My, my, one of my earliest inspirations as far as actually, uh, you know, becoming a sort of a serious writer was Ray Bradbury. Um, mm-hmm. I, I loved oh, Ray Bradbury's, uh, you know, when I was sort of, you know, late middle school, young, you know, young and into high school. I read a lot of Ray Bradbury. My father actually was a you know taught a freshman English, um, freshman English, advanced English classes that read Fahrenheit 451. So I'd known about Ray Bradbury for a long time and I picked up his short stories and I just found them really um, amazing. And he wrote with such joy. That's one of the things that really, uh, as far as writers that I like, that's the kind of thing that I kind of really hook into. And then later, you know, later when I was in college, I was an English major. I mean, and before college a little bit, I started getting into, you know, more sort of uh, what people would call, I guess, not me, but some people would call more sort of serious literature, obviously like, Joyce and, and, and Nabokov and, and, you know, right. uh, writers like, you know, just, I mean, tons and tons of writers. John Cheever was a huge influence on me. And oh, nice. as far as like, uh, you know, I mean, and, and as far as, you know, the TV stuff goes, I, I just was always like, I'm, I'm big on trying, you know, giving something a, a story, a narrative, even if it's something incredibly simple. Right. Um, and I, you know, there were shows that there were shows, especially around the time when I was doing Bear, that didn't really do that. And that was like, frankly, kind of discouraged to, you know, to 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 attach too much of a narrative to something, especially something that uh, was a half hour long or whatever, because that was the 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 sort of um, conventional wisdom at the time was that, you know, kids couldn't really follow a story that was more than five minutes long, which. I just sort of knew was not true. I mean, it was, it's a, um, but there was a sort of an educational movement that was, you know, cause at that time, uh, the other things that were sort of, you know, big in the culture as far as kids programming were like loose clues and, and, yeah. uh, and Rachel. Dora the Explorer. Yeah. 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 Amazing but, yeah, but amazing they, shows, yeah. from, yeah, from my, and I knew the people working on them, but from my yes. point of view, they didn't really have stories. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they didn't really have they like they were kind of more workbook shows, which is great. It's just not the kind of thing that I would want to write. Um, right. yeah. mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I that's how I sort of came up. And that's sort of been my calling card, you know, um, from then on is, you know, things that have a kind of a, of a bit of a narrative through line, even even if it's a simple one. I mean, when I first started writing for Bear, you know, there was, you know, there wasn't really anything like that. It was just sort of bear wanders around the house. I mean, this is what, yeah. this is what existed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, if you like watch something like the water episode, I think it's probably like that, Yeah, um, you know, yeah. where bear just sort of wanders around the house yeah. and goes from room to room Yeah, and, mm-hmm. you know, talks about different things about water. Um, but what I sort of added, I had these sort of, I got, I, I had these sort of a couple of, narrative models in my head for what you could do with bear 
And the first one I did was I, I, you know, I, I sort of fixed my gravity script because I was like, well, what, you know, what does a parent do? You know, like what? Yeah. And I wasn't, you know, and, and it was, I had two, I had two sort of ideas, um, main sort of story models. You can almost look at any of this, any of the episodes and, and pair one of them with it. One was uh, what I called Barris Interruptus, which was, <laughs> which was Bear had some idea about something that he wanted to do and okay. he's trying to do it. And every room he gets, he walks into, he gets sort of sidetracked by the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like with gravity, it was, it ended up being, and it was, that was the first one I sort of came up with. It was just very simple. He, the otters want to play catch with him and he's going through the house looking for the, the, for the, the mitts and the, and the ball, yeah. you know? And, and as he's, you know, as he's doing that, he runs into Ojo, he runs into Tutter, he runs into Trilo. And then at the end, he's able to play catch with the otters. And which is again, you know, something that is an example of gravity working, you know, the ball goes mm-hmm. up, the ball comes down. Um, and then, uh, you know, any of the stories, I mean, the very first, the very first episode that aired, which I also wrote was called yes. uh, Home is oh, Where the Bear Is. Amazing yeah, episode. Yeah, but... yeah which, it, which was um, really built to be the, the first episode. And it was, mm-hmm. it was very simple. I mean, it was just bears trying to give a tour of the house, you know? Yeah. 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 And, you know, at you show the kids at home, hey, this is my house. This is the big blue house. And of course, each room you went into, there was something, some different, uh, scene playing out that had something to do with the idea of home mm-hmm. um so yeah you know and um the other the other uh the other story model was something i called bear stacking bbs which is that well, the first one is bears trying to do something for him kind of for himself um where you know he's he's going around or trying to do something that he you know something like just one task you know like uh there's one called a winter's nap. Yeah. Yes. Where where bear just wants to go. It's it's winter and he's a bear, so he wants to go sleep for a little bit, you know. And he's trying to do that, but everybody keeps waking know, him up, kind yeah. of yeah. dragging him, yeah, waking him up and dragging him downstairs for some for some. So it's kind of you know it's it was it was the idea. And Mitchell had said very early on that the idea was to sort of do an anti Barney like a, a thing a, a version of oh, yeah. you know like a a, a a character that had a similar kind of appeal i guess in a certain mm-hmm. way but also was something that parents could watch um in a you know and and sort of go oh yeah you know that's my life you know what i mean i recognize yeah. that he can't yeah. right he can't yeah. you know he can't do anything for himself but he's always you know he's forever like uh, patient and, and kind and, and all that stuff. And then you know, the bear stacking BBs one is one where he's trying to get everybody together mm-hmm. to do something, to do some, to do some group activity. And like, like, like clean up and the they're all clean up the house or, or, or go on a picnic or, you know, there was a lot sure. of different things. Yeah. And they keep, you know, they, they keep having their own things and running off. And finally he succeeds in the end, you know, um, so it's very simple, but it, it, it gives the, it gives you something to sort of that sort of pulls you through. Whereas for my money, if you just watched a bear going from room to room talking about whatever, you know, uh, you know, uh, in each each room there was a scene about gravity. It, it kind of would make your eyes cross after a while. You know what I mean? Um, at least for you know, for, you know, 
from from my point of view. But uh, so yeah, you know, and and we did 117 of those, and it was a wow. pretty good. It was a pretty good. Uh, it laid down a pretty good framework for those episodes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Sure. So yeah, yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. It was a uh, it was a, a long, interesting haul. The first season. Kevin Strader and I, I don't know, we're the, we're the only two writers for all 26 episodes. Wow. Oh, wow. And, oh, my gosh. And, yeah. And it was a pretty quick, you know, we, it was a pretty quick turnaround having to write those. We had to write them pretty fast. So it was kind of like being on a lifeboat together. And then the next season, we did, there were 39 episodes and we actually had two more writers. Mm, right. Um, yeah. Claudia Silver, who you, you know, I'm sure heard her name. Yep. And yeah. uh, she was, She's worked with me on basically on just about Kevin's worked with me on a lot of stuff too. Claudia's worked with me on, yeah, you know, both of them worked on with me on just about everything I've done in one form or another. Um, and, uh, yeah. There you go. So I'm kind of, I can uh, talk, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah. Awesome to hear. So one of your earliest Ryan Krez was Nickelodeon cartoon dog. What was it like working on that? Well, like I said, I was I was paired with Kenny Lonergan, um, who ended up being an Oscar-winning uh, filmmaker, director, writer. Yeah, right. Um, you know, he uh, um, and he and I, we just had fun. You know, we had a lot of fun writing those things and sort of, you know, yanking each other's chain and trying to come up with jokes. And you know, I mean, it was fun. We were, I think, two episodes, and and uh, uh, I believe, I believe. I can't remember who's the head writer then. I know Ken Scarborough was working for them. I know Joe, um, what's his name? Joe was working for them. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was it was a nice experience. I ended up working for Jumbo Pictures, my first staff writing job before before I, I did anything. I did any head writing was uh, on a show called Legger's Window. Yes, yeah, yeah, amazing yeah, show. show for uh, yeah for Nick Jr. Um, and that was my first mm-hmm. sort of like real, you know, sort of TV staff writing job. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and that was a, that was a good experience and it kind of, you know, I had a great head writer on that show named Barry Harmon who entered, you know, who'd, who'd done lots of TV in the past and, and was on the Carol Burnett show, and, you know, oh, wow. like Maud and, you know, shows like that from classic shows like that from the seventies. And, you know, he always said that, you know, the, the the kids writing, um, the writing for kids because of how you know how simple it had to be was, but it also had to be engaging. Was the hardest kind of writing he'd ever done. Um, mm. And if, he's always said, if you can do this kind of writing, you can do any kind of writing, which I always found to be, you know, a kind of a heartening sentiment. Sentiment, you know. Um, yeah. So there you nice. go. Nice. That's awesome. So, on Nick Jr., you wrote some episodes of Gaga Island, Blue's Clues, and Allegra's Window. Can you talk a bit about working on those? Gullah Gullah Island? Uh, yeah. I didn't, you know, I did, I think, just... Yeah, it was one episode. One or, one or two, Binya Binya's birthday, I think. Was right. that what it was? Oh, yeah. It was the parade episode. Uh, yeah, the Binya Binya's parade. Yeah. Binya Binya's parade. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's been a very, very long episode. time since I, since I wrote that. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I don't remember much about writing it, except that I believe the head writer was Kermit Frazier and I liked him a lot. He's a really good guy. He and I are friends on Facebook and sort of, you know, yeah, go back and forth a little bit to this day. Um, 
I might, you know, you know, my son just, my son just uh, started at Syracuse um, this fall and nice. Uh, nice. yeah. And, and that's where Kermit graduated from. So he was oh, on there. Wow. Good, you know? uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I just remember having a really good experience with Kermit and, um, yeah. and I feel like anybody named Kermit ought to be in the kids writing business. Um, yeah. But, uh, but he was, but he, he's also a very uh, talented playwright and, you know, writes a lot of other things too. Um, but uh, it was a great experience and, yeah. you know, writing on, writing on Allegra's window was a great experience. I wrote with, uh, you know, a guy named Jeff Kindley, who's written a ton of kid stuff and was the head writer for Jojo Circus. And oh, nice. The head writer nice. for a bunch of stuff. And Susan Kim, who writes a ton of, of, of great kid stuff and who I work with still um, a lot. Um, and uh, like I say, Barry Harmon and his sister, Donna Harmon, who's yeah. also a writer on the uh, staff writer on the show. So, yeah. You know, it was a, it, those things were great experiences. It's been a really long time. I mean, like I say, the uh, Allegra's window was my first sort of yeah. you know, in the right in the writer's room staff writing experience. Um, you know, I was kind of a, you know, I guess we were kind of they didn't really have a writer's room or a staff on the tick. I don't know if you guys ever you guys remember the tick. Oh, yeah, but, I've heard of it. Yeah, the tick was a great show. Um, but I was, we sort of had a, we were kind of on the de facto, the de facto writing staff of the tick for a little bit, um, wrote a few episodes of that around the same time, um, right before I, I, you know, I started working on bear. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh. And then, and then blues clues as well, which you, you were worked a little bit on. Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't actually, I, to this day, I do not it says that I'm credited for a story and to this day, I don't know how that happened or where that came from. Oh, I never wrote, a, never wrote a single episode of, of blues clues. I know. Great job on TV. Yeah. I'm, 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 I don't really know. Going. I guess I could, I guess I can, I guess I could go on there and correct it, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that, I don't know how that Let's happened. See. Maybe there's another Andy Yerkes out. There. Yeah, <laughs> another yeah. another Andy Yerkes writing for kids. There, there's it's another like, page. Hold on, I found it. There's another page of it. It actually has the writers on it. Oh, uh, and am I am I listed? No. Yeah. Well, there you You're go. Listed on That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, I would. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Um, you know, I mean, uh. Yeah, I've never. It's been, always been a bit of a mystery to me because I, like I say, I never wrote for, for Blues Clues. It's not really the kind of thing I would want to write for. I had an opportunity to write for, uh, for like um, Dora, and yeah. it just didn't. It just, it just wasn't something I felt like was really sort of in my wheelhouse because I didn't want to. Yeah, definitely, I did. I, you know, I, I, I didn't want to just write a bunch of things. You know obstacles and hey what do we do now and you know what i mean i i just it, it didn't yeah yeah i would always want to add something a little bit like why do we care about we're going to the you know going to the castle or wherever we're going you know what i mean why exactly yeah. do we what do we need to get there you know what i mean and um that wasn't really the the thing with that which i don't i don't i don't object to i mean obviously it was a huge huge success i know eric weiner i know chris gifford um both the guys who were i think the credited people for creating Dora, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both were very great, very smart guys. Um, but you know, just wasn't my, my, my thing really. Yeah. 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 So I know we, uh, kind of talked about how you became head writer on bear. So why won't you take the next question? It's actually Matt's question. Or Matt, yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have a do you have a favorite episode of Barry you wrote? Oh gosh. Um there's so many. I'm trying to think. You know, I wrote just I mean, I, you know, I I wrote I wrote, a, I wrote at least 20. Um and I'm not oh, I mean shit. just the ones that I mean, I as the head writer, I was responsible for rewriting and all of them and breaking the stories and and being you know conceiving the stories with the mm-hmm. writers mm-hmm. so i was involved in every single one of them um yeah. but uh i i didn't um you know i i i i don't know it's such an interesting question i mean i i have a real soft spot on my heart for shows like you know homeless where the bear is and yeah. i love I, yes. and I, I i i feel like i i split a credit with claudia on a show called oops my mistake which <laughs> yeah, i i, I, I which is the one where they you know i think it's the first appearance appearance of doc hogg maybe oh, wow. which uh tyler bunch and i sort of uh you know came together to to yeah. to, to create the character of doc hogg nice we actually previously yeah. had okay hold on can, can i say Tyler. this you two previously had matt and i were not here yeah you two did we'll, we'll see this was <laughs> yeah Tyler, tyler's <laughs> amazing very, very yeah, he's great. I, I, I'm still working with Tyler. As a nice. Tyler's a great puppeteer. He's also a terrific. I don't know if you guys have followed it at all, but he's also a terrific actor and he does some yeah. actual. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. On yeah. camera mm-hmm. acting. Oh yes. Uh, unlike yeah. a lot, yeah. of, unlike a lot of puppeteers. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. But he yeah. also he also is kind of a genius at like sound effects and voices, mm. and um and so I brought him in suggested him uh both, both i suggested both him and peter Linz, who was stutter uh, yeah. um to uh come in and work on word world oh, as wow. voices right um oh, tyler was tyler nice. was the the narrator for word world yeah and, yeah that's right yeah and, and right. i was the you know i had sort of i'd got brought into word world i don't know why because for a long for for several years i was and it still happens a bit i i sort of had, cast in the role of a kind of a Mr. Fix-It when there's a there's a show that's you know um you know like Pocoyo that was the yeah. you know yeah. they, they had they had some characters that were really great and these really talented animators who didn't really mm-hmm. know how to how to make it into a show. Um and that's what I came in and did and then same thing Word World was you know kind of mm-hmm. floundering. Um, that's a very long story, but Linda Siminski, who was the head of PBS Kids, brought you know brought me in to help them with it. And one of the things I added was the narrator, and that's when Tyler got brought in. So, but um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, Tyler and I came up with Doc Hogg, you know, um, uh, and Tyler's Tyler's awesome. I love Tyler. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we definitely got to have him. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So me sure. and Matt can meet him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, you I, I want to bring this up because I don't think we haven't mentioned you also were, were episodes for Arthur and Stanley and Maya Miguel. What was that like? Or not? Oh, you know, I was, you know, I had my I kind of had my 
don't know, I guess I, I, I had my stint at Disney where I was basically yeah. I was kind of doing everything, you know, uh, uh, where I was, a, you know, I was the head writer for, for Bear. I was the head writer for Book of Pooh. I yeah. was the head writer for Stanley. They asked me to be the head writer for uh, for Jojo Circus, but I was I was honestly kind of, you know, it was a very, it was very nice and offer. And I was kind of burned out at that point because it had been seven straight years. Uh, kind of without a break and I just had um, you know my mm-hmm. I just had my first my first kid my daughter was you know 18 months old or something and it was you know it was just going to be a, another another long haul but um, but so I didn't do didn't end up doing that but um, yeah I mean uh, those you know I, and then I had my I sort of had my stint at uh, PBS where yeah. I was doing a lot of stuff for PBS you know yeah um, and um you know, I mean, it, it was great. I mean, I I enjoyed all of it uh, immensely. I mean, I uh, just writing episodic stuff. I, I it's sometimes really nice to do that and to not, you know, and to just write a script mm-hmm. and to not feel, you know, not try to be trying to write scripts when you're responsible for every script. Um, and you know, so that's always a, a fun thing to do. I've been doing that a bit lately with uh, uh, for my friend Craig for Thomas. The Tank Engine, Thomas and Friends, All Engines Go, which is the mm-hmm. new iteration of Thomas. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, what do you want to know? I mean, it was it, yeah, it, yeah. that stuff. Writing for Stanley, I, I was the head writer for the last season of Stanley. Yeah, um, another, and, another uh, show I'm hoping gets put on Disney Plus at some stage. Yeah, the Great Big Book of Everything. Yes, um, oh, and yeah. uh, and that was you know Stanley was fun. It was a it, those were those were great stories. Um, yeah, Jeff Jeff Kindley, who I mentioned before, had sort of had, had been the head writer uh, on I think the two seasons before me. I think it was the the third season was the last season, and I did you know I did a you know like I forget how many. Um, how many episodes but it was you know it was fun it was like it was something different and it was um i liked the subject matter i mean i um i sort of have been i've ended up doing quite a few things that have a kind of an environmental you know if not text then subtext you know mama mirabelle yeah always had a kind of a low-key kind of environmental message for kids um uh as did um Stanley, you know, Stanley yeah, was about sounds about animals. Obviously, mm-hmm. I enjoyed doing that, and um, and there was another thing I did more recently that is I don't know if you guys saw, which is the um, show on Discovery called Hello World, which aired oh, nice. for yeah, which aired for a little bit, but it was it was a a family show. Mm-hmm. It was like a a prime time family show for them that um, was a bunch of nature documentaries. Uh, wildlife docs basically that were narrated by pop stars and rock stars so that oh, was wow. kind of fun mm-hmm. yes nice. do you have a favorite bear character in song song yeah um, you know uh what i remember i remember a couple of things um i remember uh the, the dear grandma flutter song yes oh, and amazing song. yeah and i remember um is there, what's the song in i think i wrote this episode but i was a really i was it was really like i was i was the person who really sort of championed it and wanted to do it was the the uh 
the episode about um, being a boy. Uh, was it, it what was it called? It was Tutter. It was the one where Tutter was uh, Tutter the Great, and he had the you know, Sir Tutter the Great. He was like a knight, and he had the cheese grater that he wore as his armor. You know, being it was boys it, will be boys. boys who will be boys. Boys yeah. will be boys. Will be boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like there's a song in that one. I'm not mistaken that I really that it, I really like. Oh yeah, um, oh oh boy, I think is the name of a uh, yeah, it's yeah, like oh boy, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and then and then uh, wow, um, my and, and fa- as far as favorite characters go, I mean, well, I, I mean, you know, it's kind of hard. It's yeah. like it's you know it's it's a hard thing to answer, but it's like, but I do remember just the first day I walked in. When we first, when we were, the first place we shot Bear was at uh, basically Kaufman Astoria Studios, the same place where they shoot, shoot Sesame Street and yeah, in Queens, and uh, and I walked in and saw the bear standing there for the first time, and I was just honestly blown away because it was like being in a room with a sort of cartoon character come to life. It was such a you know Paul Andreco was the guy who created. He created Bear, and I, I believe he, you know, and he was he was involved in creating almost all the puppets on Bear. Um, oh, but wow. he really he was the one who created the Bear puppet. Oh, cool! You know, yeah. and it was, it was. I was just like, how is this? How is this possible? I was. Just, it was a really amazing moment, and I I've always loved Bear. I, you know, all the characters. I mean, um, you know, Tutter's obviously a big favorite. Pip and Pop. I, I yeah. you know, I adore. You know, uh, I like, you know, I always liked Ojo too, you know, and, and, uh, and I mean, what can you say? And I have a soft spot in my heart for, for Doc Hogg since I was, you know, I was co-creator of that character. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was involved in sort of creating a lot of the the sort of the personalities of those characters just because of of Mm -hmm. having to, because I mean, I was the one who was you know steering the the writing and uh you know the kind of jokes they did the way that they you know the way you know tutter was nervous you know and you know and you know just you know bear's patience and his parental sort of thing you know all of that stuff but yeah i mean i have a soft spot in my heart for doc hogg um yeah such a great pup such a great puppet too and tyler does such a great job with him yeah, yeah. And, and Luna, amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Luna's with, great. Yeah, you worked with Lynn, Lynn Thigpen. What was that like? You know, uh, Lynn, I never actually because Lynn recorded her uh, her dialogue um, in a recording studio, and I never, oh, wow. you know, that was like a separate that was a separate thing. We got yeah. her track, we got her track, and then it was uh, Peter Linz who operated the Luna puppet. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and they would, you know, he would just sync it up to whatever her track was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and same thing with, uh, you know, what's his name? The great actor, the great Caribbean actor who played Ray. Um, Jeffrey Holder. Dude. Jeffrey yeah. Holder. Yeah. You know, he, all of this was done. Um, all of his stuff was done in a recording studio. And a lot of people who sort of obviously that, you know, there were we had a lot of guest stars that came yeah. in, like Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. and 
uh, Brad Garrett and, you know, yeah. people like that. And those people were obviously not puppeteers. So, right. That, yeah. Right. right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't, I, it would be really hard for me to pick a favorite character on bear. I mean, I, if I had to, if you put a gun to my head, I'd say bear. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I love, love all those guys. So, um, yes. I know you mentioned, of course, you know, Tyler, but is there anyone else you still uh, keep in touch with from uh, Bear? Oh, yeah. Peter Lurie. Um, I'm still Amazing in touch guy. with Peter. I still exchange, you know, messages sometimes on social media with Brian Woodbury. Amazing. Um, I, uh, I, I'm very, I'm very much in contact a lot with Noel. Nice. Noel. Nice. Yeah. Um, Noel, Noel yeah. and Noel's wife just had a, a She's published many novels and they're very successful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, I've actually used Noel on several shows uh, as a writer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and yeah, and Noel is a, you know, Noel is every bit as, you know, yeah. Gr- you know, he's, he's basically bare, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you, know, you, you just kind of got to love him, you know? I mean, have you guys ever interviewed him? I have. I did on the. I did on the DJ Bob show. We haven't had him on this one yet. We'd love to though. I'd love to. Yeah, he's 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 fantastic. He's a great guy. Um, and uh, let me think. I'm trying to think. Who else? Uh, well, the writers, you know, that I worked with uh, on Bear. Still, I still am in contact with all of those people. Um, and um, geez. Uh, oh, Rick Fernandez, who was the producer. We had him, yeah, we, we we had had him on, on too. Yeah. 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 Rick, Rick and I are scheduled to have coffee together at some point in the very near future. Nice. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. And, and his wife, uh, his wife, Erica, um, nice. uh, who uh, was also was like a, was also a producer on the show um, nice. and an editor wow. and an mm-hmm. editor, too. Nice. Um, yeah. You know, so many um, people. Lots of people. Yeah, it was, a, it was a nice experience. Great people speaking. do not be. Yeah, a part and of I will say this: no. we mentioned Mitchell, but we actually previously had Mitchell on as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Mitchell. Yeah. yeah, we did. Mitchell. Mitchell and I don't really talk so much anymore. So. Mm, right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's an interesting question: if if Bear were to come back for a revival or a reboot, would you want to return? You know, that's a that's a that's an interesting question and a very complicated one. But, you know, I would love to work on Bear again. It would just yeah. depend. It would depend wholly on what the situation was. Right. And, yeah. You know, and, you know, what the, you know, and whether it was going to be true to the. To what to, everybody to loves about. Yeah. yeah. What everybody loved about Bear. And, you know, obviously there's some, you know, some some new stuff that can be that can be done. And we did, you know, we did it like when we sort of introduced the wider Woodland Valley, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we did some sort of CG stuff and, you know, and some, you know, and some of that kind of stuff a bit more. So, yeah, I mean, that, that would be fun to do. I mean, that was the, like, I, I just remember after the first season, I don't know if the first season was completely, if I'm not, unless I'm, unless I'm getting my, you know, I kind of did it all with almost without a break, you know, Wow. Oh wow! So, like, when things happened, whether this was season one, but it was most of the first season where we were just completely stuck in the house. 
And I begged and begged and begged. And, the, you know, and we got, we eventually got for season two, I think, when, I think that's how it worked, was uh, um, the Outer Pond and some outdoor space. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, which was great. And, you know, you know, uh, just watching them sort of create that and, and, and also, you know, it was there was a real water in there and the, the otters there were otter puppets that were waterproofed and you know so they could swim in the otter pond and it was fun awesome. and added a, another dimension to the show because you can't you know once you've done 26 episodes of, pe- of people stuck in a house you start to feel a little bit yeah well, not animals you know puppets mm-hmm. not people but mm-hmm. but you know yeah. characters it starts to get a little claustrophobic once you want to be yes. able to sort of right. just get yeah, out of the air of... a little bit yeah, I kind of feel like it should come back for the people, the newer generation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know original I mean, fans. I know, you know, you know it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's, it's complex with the, I know that Disney bought uh, the bear, you know, when they bought uh, the Muppets. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They right. bought, they bought the Muppets, and but they didn't buy the Sesame Street. Muppets. They right. just bought. The, they bought the Muppet Show Muppets, and then the, and they also bought Bear. Right. Those characters. Right, yeah. So yeah. you know, it really is. It's not a. It's not even. It's not even a Henson thing at this point. It's only. It's only. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure they would want. You know, Henson to be involved in. I would think it would just be smart to have Henson involved in some way. But like, but it was. You know, mm. it's just. It's just sort of. You know, it's really up to Disney. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure it, it all depends on 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 how well the show does on Disney Plus, which I don't even you know, and I don't even know what those. I mean, they keep those metrics pretty pretty secret on most of the yeah. streaming services. So yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, it would be mm-hmm. great. It would be great. It would just be you know, it would be. Uh, it just depends. It, would, it just really depends on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. we're able to get Bear on Disney Plus, hopefully we can get the spinoff because I know some of the episodes are missing online. Yeah, okay. Breakfast with um, Bear. Yeah. Breakfast, breakfast with Bear. Bear. Yeah, Breakfast with Bear. Um, you know, it was. Just, I believe Breakfast with Bear was just sort of an interstitial thing. You know, yeah, right. for like yeah. introducing other shows. That's right. So it, yeah. it's it may not be something that really fits. With right. uh, yeah. where you know, or maybe it is. I don't know. I was uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I negotiated. They negotiated with me to do breakfast there, but it, but it wasn't. It didn't work out. So, mm. um, yeah. so Kevin, Kevin, I think Kevin Strader ended up writing those up, writing those things. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and I was always, and I was obviously very busy too. So, um, but it was, uh, yeah. I mean, I never, honestly, I never even, I've never even seen. I know it was like the morning block of shows that Bear sort of posted. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but I never really, I think by then my kids had aged out and I was not going to, you know, I just, I didn't sit down and watch Disney Jr. Um, right. Yeah. And right. Bear, Bear was, Bear was no longer on, you know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other also I forgot to mention um the, sh- the show that you're also a part of which is okay Jungle Junction what's it what's that like doing that show? Uh, uh well you know D- Jungle Junction was um another one of these shows that I got brought into um yeah. to sort of fix 
you know, and it was a show that was, it was a show that was created by this group of people, um, in England. Um, it was actually created by this guy and I'm gonna, I'm gonna completely have a stroke and blank on his name, but it's, um, he, he worked with this, this animation company spider eye that was in Cornwall in, in, in England. And, um, Mm -hmm. and you know, it was, uh, you know, when you get, when you get sort of like, forced onto people onto their show and are told this guy is going to fix your show. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it can be rough going. Yeah. You know? uh, um, yeah. especially because, you know, just the fact that they're being told that what they're trying to do, that they're, what they're, what they're doing is not working and it needs to be fixed by someone who's going to be brought in and sort of forced down their throats. Um, and I, you know, I, for a while had a really good, nice time on, on, jungle junction but it was also at a kind of a a difficult junction in my life um yeah and, you know yeah you know um there was stuff going on in my life and and i was uh you know it wasn't i was short of patience mm. and um and i probably you know didn't behave as well as i could have you know it happens yeah um, yeah uh, you know especially when you're in a situation like that because why, what I always say about that is, is that when you, when you do come in and are, are brought in to fix something, there's a lot of resistance. And then if you do fix it, if basically everybody goes, everybody at PBS or Disney goes, great, this is so much better. Oh my gosh, we like, we really love it now. Then everybody that you're working with loves you for like 10 minutes and then just wants you to like dissolve, disappear, die, be gone. Because now that it's fixed, yeah. you know, they don't want you around as a reminder for the, of the fact of who fixed it. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and that's been my experience. Sometimes I've had great experiences working on, you know, being brought into shows like on Pocoyo with the yeah. guys in, in Spain, the guys in Madrid uh, that, that were the, the animators on Pocoyo, Zinkia. I had just a fantastic experience with them. I had to really fight for it. And I had to really sort of fight to, to, to be, to meet them and say, I want to collaborate with these guys. I don't want to like be, you know, I don't want this, this to be but so often when you're working on an animated show, the writing and the animation is completely separated. Yeah. And, and yeah. the shows that I've worked on where that wasn't the case, where there was, you know, some real sort of good, um, you know, uh, you know, just a, a connection between the writers and the animators where the writers brought the animators in to talk about the stories and the animators brought the writers in to talk about the stuff that was happening. It just turned out so much better. I mean, and Pocoyo is for me the most sort of shining example of that because mm-hmm. that's a that's a show that like without the writer, without myself and, you know, as the writer and the animation company sort of standing together about what we wanted, it would have, it would have been much more difficult to do. They wanted Pocoyo to be a much more elaborate um, kind of uh, world with, you know, all sorts of, you know, with, so, so they could make play sets, play sets. Bandai was the yeah. toy company and they wanted to make play sets with like forests and, and houses and trees. And, and we were just like, no, this is, you know, this is, this is what this is better you know this sort of very simple world yeah was because we had this idea about it sort of i had this idea 
really about it being this sort of a kind of a metaphor almost for the inside of a kid's head um in a similar way to like the world of Pooh is like you know the imaginary world of this kid and his toys um right i yeah. sort of you know i sort of thought of, of pokoyo like that and i th always thought of pokoyo i mean i was going to say earlier you guys asked about my inspirations for this kind of stuff you know i just loved classic cartoons growing up and i, I love i love stories you know i loved something that had a story that show, you know took you through a beginning middle and end yeah, and had a exactly. and had something had a payoff you know and when you mm -hmm. when when i was a kid you know the the saturday morning cartoons were yeah you know they had they they were they weren't as sophisticated probably i mean some of them were some of them were incredibly sophisticated from an animation perspective but uh you know some of them were just like you know, but they, but the, but they were written and they were stories and they were, you know, they had real comedy and real jokes. And, um, and I just always, I always had a real, uh, you know, a real sort of love of that. And I, um, you know, I mean, and, and that's what I brought to Pocoyo when I first was the, you know, mm -hmm. writing on, on Pocoyo, I brought all the writers together and we sat for an entire day and watched Charlie Chaplin shorts um like the you know charlie chaplin yeah. short films because yeah. i mean charlie chaplin was really the first cartoon character um everything uh, you know everything else is sort of based on him yeah uh, and uh i always thought of pocoyo as the sort of toddler charlie chaplin there you um, go and that's that's what i based it on so that's awesome yeah yeah nice. awesome sure so so how does it feel that, you know, next month, you know, October 19th, Bear will be available to stream on Disney Plus for both its original and any upcoming new fans? You know, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm really happy that, you know, that a show like Bear, which I feel like has, you know, its heart is so in the right place. And it's so like, you know, the I think that that kind of gentleness, that kind of kindness, that kind of. Oh, yeah. You know, you know the sort of empathy that's exhibited in in, in Bear and the characters and the, and the emotion. Yeah, is you know, and the sort of social stuff. All of that stuff is really, really valuable right now. I mean, I think it's yeah. a it's the, you know, um, COVID has created an entire generation of young kids. I think that mm -hmm. are that you know missed out on on so much as far as their socialization and their yeah you know and yeah. and I think I think Bear is a, a kind of a a great you know it's one of the it's it just has i just think bear has a sort of a great spirit behind it and yeah. and you know it, you know it's it's one of those shows where you go oh yeah this is you know this is actually gonna you know kid will watch this and yeah you know maybe they'll maybe some maybe they'll take something actually take something from it you know yeah because mm -hmm. it's calming and soothing and it teaches educational stuff and it's not like too in your face like yeah certain kids shows right, right. nowadays are yeah yeah right you know i think it you know for me i think it teaches you about friendship and patience and and yeah. you know doing for others and and like and and just you know general sort of you know rules of thumb and ways of sort of navigating the the kid experience you know um in a very mild and, and gentle and and you know warm way so 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited that a new generation of kids will get to watch. We'll get to. We'll get to watch Bear. Yes. Same. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and see what made and see what you know was so special to us when we were little, watching the show on Disney and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. we went see we went yeah. with their reactions when they see it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It'll be it'll be interesting. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in addition to Bear, you were a writer and story editor on the Book of Pooh. What was it like working on that? Well, that was for Mitchell as well. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I ended up doing, uh, you know, there were uh, all told, I think, 200 or no, no I'm sorry, 100, not 200, yeah. 111 minute episodes of Pooh, um, oh roughly, and uh, and 117 episodes of Bear. And that was across like six or seven years. Um, and so it was 200 and, you know, whatever, two, almost 220 episodes of TV that I did with Mitchell. Um, and uh you know, I mean, I loved working on Book of Food because it was so I loved sort of writing uh, those characters in that sort of A.A. A. Milne speak, you know, the sort of clever way that they spoke. And, oh, yes. you know, the sort of, you know, mm-hmm. and the, and um, Book of Pooh had a, a kind of a, 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 liter- a literacy curriculum underneath it. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I appreciated that. I thought that was a very worthy thing to to be doing. And. And those characters are just really fun to write. And, you know, it's like you, uh, you know, um, they obviously so well established, but it is, you know, it was an interesting challenge to, to sort of write a show that had a literacy curriculum that also stayed true to, to, to Milne and to the, the sort of voice that Walt Disney had sort of originally created in those first Winnie the Pooh shorts. Um, And, uh, you know, at which I, yeah. which I loved as a kid too. And, and I was, you know, just very, always very conscious of trying to keep it, even though it was obviously this whole new sort of thing with these Boonraku puppets, you know, shot on, on, on green screen and, and, you know, and this sort of uh, thing that Mitchell developed, which was the, the shadowmation, which was, you know, putting puppets on a, on a, mm. I mean, I don't know if you know about yeah. that cross, that process of that boot, the book of Pooh was was shot in, but it was a completely CG hundred acre wood. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and and we, yeah. And we, but it was also like, it wasn't added in after it was, it was a a CG 100 acre wood that was completely built. And you, the, the, the the puppeteers would be on stage in their suits, you know, completely. Yeah. like you know in like two or you know at least two or three puppeteers on each puppet because mm-hmm. they're you know walking and you, yeah. you know the hands and the head and and uh and and then what you actually saw on the monitors though while it was being shot was the were the characters in the hundred acre wood and it was kind of you know it, you know um it was it was on the fly it was live action it was a virtual set that actually you know reflected you know, that was, that was, was the hundred acre wood, you know, as we were shooting it. So the, when Pooh was walking along, he was walking along through the hundred acre wood and that's what got, that's got, what got recorded. So it was, a, it was, a, it was really fascinating and it was, it was cool. And it was like, you know, just trying to stay true to, to, to the spirit of Pooh. Also, you know, get to these sort of like, you know, early literacy things and, you know, with the challenges of, of the technology, which was brand new. It was interesting. 
There you go. Nice. So uh, another show I wanted to bring up that I oh, I hope it's true that you worked on. I hope IMDb is not lying about it. Is uh Mayan Mayan Miguel? Yeah, right. I mentioned that earlier. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, yes, I did. I wrote like five episodes of Mayan Miguel. Um. And I was, I was. It was sort of. It was interesting. It was sort of at the height of Bear in the Big Blue Houses. You know place in the you know time in the sun everybody was very very high on bear bear was you know been nominated for awards and getting got a lot of good reviews and etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh so yeah they like kind of they kind of you know the people um it was scholastic that did it um yeah. and it was uh the, the head writer was a guy named john greenberg who's a great guy and a, he's a, also a college professor um and he uh and uh, you know um, so I got brought in as sort of a, you know, like, you know, and was like in all in like publicity stuff for it, like the writer there in the big blue house and, um, um, Adam Peltzman, who was the, you know, the writer of blues clues, we were both sort of, you know, wow. featured. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I wrote like five episodes of it and it was, and, and it was great. Honestly, I, it was a really great experience. It was kind of a lot like writing for Arthur and that it was, it was a oh, um, show. amazing. Yeah. Show, what you yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter Hirsch is a, is an old friend of mine and a person that we've, you know, worked with each other and he's written for stuff and I've written for stuff, obviously Arthur for him. Um, nice. and, uh, you know, uh, you know, my and Miguel was a lot like that because it was a sort of, it was an almost, you know, almost sort of like a sitcom format. You know, I mean, you could do you could do real stories um, with characters and do real jokes. And, yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, I had a, I had I had a great time. I love those characters. I liked writing for it. I was proud of those episodes, which is not always to find, you know, after having done this as long as I have. It's not all you don't always you don't always feel like it's the case. You don't always have a great experience. You don't always you're not always proud of what, you know, you're able to. You know, I mean, you try, but there are often so many um, concerned uh, parties and so many people that have an opinion that it often gets turned into sort of a mishmash. But that yeah. was not the case. That was not the case with with uh, Mayan Miguel. You know, like it's not the case with Arthur, and um, it wasn't the case with you know a lot of stuff. I was very fortunate to work yeah. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, speaking of Arthur, we actually previously had um Daniel Brochu, who was who was force of, of Buster. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, he was yeah. nice, cool, yeah, cool, oh, yeah. really nice. I know, I know. There was, you know, just all I remember about Buster, really. I mean, obviously they've written for Buster, but like all I, yeah. the big thing I remember was the whole the whole scandal, scandal, the, the big controversy about his his two moms. Oh yeah, the postcards okay. from Buster episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Postcards from Buster. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Which I didn't, had no, I had no role. Great show in. Too. I think, yeah, I think Peter Hirsch also was on Postcards from Buster. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely. It's awesome. So, do you have any funny or or interesting behind the scenes stories from your career as a writer? Fun or interesting behind the scenes stories? Oh well, you know. I don't know. I mean, it was always fun, but it's always like, you know, what we do behind the scenes is like, yeah. you know, is, is like, especially on kids shows where you often, yeah. you know, 
you know, we often make inappropriate jokes. Uh, yeah. And do, and yes. do inappropriate things to sort of, you know, to sort of like, you know, remind ourselves that we're adults. Um, I just remember, uh, I remember like coming up, we came up with this whole thing where like, I forget which episode it was. Maybe it was the fall episode, maybe falling for fall, which I wrote, but I, I'm trying to think, but like, we dressed uh, the, or we dressed Kevin Strader up. The, the other, you know, Kevin was one of the writers on Bear in, in like a kind of almost Elmer Fudd like some hunter costume. <laughs> and and uh, while they were shooting an episode of Bear, he just with a like with a rifle, kind of like creep, crept over and appeared at the window behind the swing, like you know, a human hunter had arrived at the big blue house. You know, uh, whatever. We you know uh, we, just, we, we just you know messed around, made jokes and. You know, the puppeteers made some hilarious jokes that when they were, you know, you know, the, they're, especially they're, if they mess, mess it up or something. <laughs> right. You know, there, there's there there's a there's a great sort of, you know, um, gag reel somewhere of yeah. all, of them, of them all doing, you know, wildly inappropriate things and making when they, you know, when they screw up and, you know, the, you know, uh, just crazy stuff and you know yeah. those people are all very funny all the all the puppeteers and you know we were constantly sort of feeding into one another they would do something on stage often that we didn't even you know we'd write something and you know they'd start they'd maybe you know start interacting with something like i remember vaguely tutter interacting with a balloon probably on the birthday episode or something and just his <laughs> you know his struggles with the balloon as a puppet mm -hmm. were so funny that we, you know, we wrote it into the, into the show, you know, we wrote you know, things like that where we would write things yeah. into the show that we saw them doing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and they, you know, obviously they would take stuff that we wrote and go with it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we wrote, or there's some stuff at least that we wrote that didn't make it into the show because it was seen as too sort of, you know, too sort of uh, Sesame street humor or. Like, yeah. You know, like old, old, older humor sometimes mm -hmm. that we we sort of we tried to put in. I know there was some bits that I wrote for the for the mistakes episode when they were trying to get a hold of Doc Hogg and they kept getting the wrong. Lois kept connecting them to the wrong number. <laughs> that were you know like no no that's too essentially that's too funny. Can't do that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, can't you can't do that on uh, kids. Yeah, for kids yeah, you know, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how many times can you rhyme, you know, try to rhyme things with Doc Hogg and, you know, so that. Yeah. You know, with, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I did something which all the puppeteers loved called shrimps in a fog, <laughs> which was a, just a bunch of shrimp. We had these shrimp puppets. They were all in a boat and lost in a fog. <laughs> And like, you know, and it was just this, this hilarious bit of them answering the phone on their boat and being like, no, no, you know, and it's like, never mind, wrong number, keep rowing. You know, it was like, it was just, just silly, silly, fun stuff. We had a good time. We did. I had a good yeah. time in the writer's room and, and obviously the performers were all very nice. Um, but it was, you know, it was a long haul. It was a lot to be done. So. Mm hmm Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. So mm -hmm. here's another interesting uh, question. Do you have any uh, memorabilia or anything from your work with you that you'd like to show or talk about? Memorabilia. Um, like anything from Bear? Uh, 
gosh, you know, I don't. It's fine if you don't. I don't really have. I mean, I you know, I've got a ton of scripts that go. are still sort of sitting around in my in my hard drive. Um, I used to have. You guys are probably gonna, you know, I I had in like a like a a box that was about yay high, a cardboard box filled with all of the with every show on on VHS mm. that I eventually just got rid wow. of because it was just taking up space and the tapes yeah. were, you know, getting sort of musty and, yeah. you know, going back, you know, the days of VHS are gone. I didn't even, you know, this, at the point where I got rid of it, I didn't even have a, a you know, a VCR yeah. anymore. Oh, I mean, Hey, so, I mean, you know, with bear coming to streaming, there's really not a point yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. anyway. <laughs> right. I could, you yeah. know, I could just, you know, you, know whenever, what you, you do, know, you can play whenever you want. You, you, you act out the episodes, but play by play since you have the scripts when they're on Disney plus. <laughs> Is this an interview or a football game, Wyatt? I don't know. What I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Yeah, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I had a show jacket. I had some, I had a, I think my ex-wife has the, the, the bear in the big boo house tote bag somewhere. I had oh, hats, yeah. which are some, somewhere, or somewhere like a baseball hat with bear on it somewhere around here. You know, nice. lots of lots of stuff like that. But I, you know, I was never the kind of person who would really wear a show jacket. Um, you know, with an embroidered cartoon character on my back, it wasn't mm-hmm. really my wasn't really my style. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but you know, that's probably somewhere. I mean, I I'm, I can't believe that I would have actually gotten rid of that. I think it's probably in a box somewhere. You know, yeah, um, yeah. So- nice. So we talked about a lot about your work in the past. Is there anything you're working on now that you can share? That I can share? Uh, well, I can I can maybe cautiously share a couple of things. I'm um, I'm I'm in the process of creating a show uh, for Slinky. Oh, nice! You know the nice. Slinky toy, like a, a kid oh, show. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, I am. Yeah. I'm a, a partner uh, in a company that is, is is something called Rally Cry, which is creating um, content for kids that is sports. Yeah, and, and sports yeah. team based. Sports team based, um, and that is sort of that sort of ongoing. Um, I uh, I have um, been writing. I've written several live stage shows. I don't oh, know nice. if you guys. I wrote the I wrote the the second bear live stage show. Oh, that's the first cool! Time, wow, first nice. time for everything that was nice. like toured the com- country and then I think played in uh, at Disney World for a while. Um, oh, and then I also wrote the Stanley live stage show called Show and Tell Shark. Oh, nice. That was men- many years ago, but now I'm writing a live stage show for something for a company called Go Noodle, which is a a str- mm-hmm. like an online an online streaming um, company uh, that has a bunch of characters and you know and does sort of wellness and and movement for kids and and started out as a sort of a, a, a thing that was in classrooms, but now I'm doing a live stage show for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. Um, gosh, you know I think that's a right now that's sort of about it. There you go. Nice. Okay. I didn't even know they had a Stanley live show. I know he was in Playoffs Disney. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. They had a Stanley idea. live show. 
I don't, you know, I I did see, I did take my kids to see the Bear live show. Um, oh, nice. When it was touring, but I, I never, I never went to see the Stanley live show. Mm. Um, okay. But I had a very nice experience working on it. So yeah, yeah. yeah I cannot wait for you know for your work that's going to be come out soon, which I'm very excited for that. Same. Yeah. So yeah, well, here's hoping. Yeah. Especially just, especially you know the Slinky, you know. Show that's yeah, you know, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Great, great, great character. Yeah, Slinky Dog. Yeah, Slinky Dog. Slinky Slinky Dog will be a character in, movie. in that. So, oh wow! But, uh, but also a variety of other characters that sort of live in a Slinky based world. So <laughs> yeah. nice. It'd be cool to get yeah. the voice of Slinky in the future, hopefully, because I know who he is. Oh boy! Yeah. 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 We'll see. You know, it's sort of in the. It's in early. It's early days. I'm just writing the pilot. Yeah. So, yeah. nice, yeah. nice, really nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, what do you enjoy most about your work today? What do I enjoy most about my work today? You mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, wow. Um. Well, I do. You know, I do a lot of. Um, I mean, I I I I sort of switch get to switch back and forth. I mean, I guess the thing that I enjoy most is just being able to do this stuff and also being able to do the stuff that I want to do, which is, you know, work on pieces of fiction, work on other pieces, you know, for film and stuff like that, which, you know, for many years right now, I have more of an opportunity to do that for many years. I, I had like, you know, I was just so wall to wall with uh, writing for the kids stuff that it was very difficult to do anything else. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still very busy, but you know, I'm being, I'm been able to find some time to do stuff like that. So that's, that's great too. I mean, I, it, you know, the, the satisfactions of doing this are the same as they've always been, you know, I'm just always very happy and satisfied to, you know, come up with a story that works that, that, you know, that, you know, has some sort of impact, you know, um, and, and, you know. There you go. You know, has something has something to to say. You know, even if it's something small and simple and sort of kid driven. You know, I that's always been my satisfaction with this work is just um, trying to make a story as good as it can be. You know, definitely. Yeah. As a writer, what challenges would you say you faced in your career? Well, I mean, the challenges with the kids writing um, are uh, are kind of, you know, it's a person who didn't really have any, I mean, I had a lot of love for a lot of, of, of kids literature and comic books and, and, and you know, kids TV uh, as a kid. Um, but uh, I never really, it wasn't something I aspired to do at all. I just sort of got asked into it which is very lucky for me yeah um you know but uh you know the challenges for me were always like okay well here's the joke that ideally i would do in this situation you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and uh so but what you know but i can't do that joke you know what joke or what version of that joke can i do that will actually work for kids what version of this of this story can we do that will work for kids or the, and that won't be you know traumatizing or you know or right, yeah. you know or yeah. you know um like how far can we go that's always the thing about about writing for kids is that you're you know 
as, a, as an adult, you know, and, and from, especially from where I came to it, it was like the natural instinct was to go, you know, then you always had to reel yourself back um, a bit, um, which I actually think is probably the best place to come at kids TV because you, you don't end up with stuff that's sort of like, you know, this treacle where it's just smiley, la la la. You ha it has a little bit of right. something. I think it's what people like about Bear, which was that, you know, there was like, not like there was a real edge to Bear, but there was always yeah. like, there was always like, you know, you, you know, the idea that Bear was this, had to be patient came through um, in a way that like, you know, like I, you know, I remember working very early on a show and I won't say which show and I won't say for what company, but I was told, one of the first things I was told was, that, that there can be no conflict mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i remember another you know and and there is no story there was no story without some form of conflict and conflict not meaning you know people you know uh, sort of resorting to blows or yelling at each other or whatever but something you know some an obstacle something rubbing up against something else that makes something difficult or a person that you you know a, a relationship that you're trying to figure out or you know and uh, and that was a sort of like i come up against that time and time again this sort of thing where people don't no 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 conflict i once was writing i said i wanted to write a story about honesty and again i won't say what show this was for but it but it was uh you know and the educational advisors specifically were like oh that's great that's great we love that idea just as long as nobody tells a lie. Yeah. So it's like, but, but the thing is, is that you, there's not really a story in people wandering around just being honest with each other. Mm -hmm. You can't write a story that's about the necessity for honesty without having someone at least flirt with dishonesty. Right. Because it doesn't yeah. work. There's just nothing, there's nothing to it. There's no story. It's just, People saying, "Hey, it's great to be honest. Let's be honest with each other." Ooh, the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, that's the kind of thing. That's the if I had to point to any, I mean, that kind of thing is the kind of is the biggest kind of challenge that I have faced, honestly, dealing with that. Um, you know, that sort of uh, that sort of attitude and and sort of underestimating kids in a kind of infuriating way. Yeah. yeah. So, so for anyone who wants to get into writing as their like a uh, profession or career, uh, what, what piece of advice uh, would you give to anyone who wants to get into that field? Well, I get, I get that question a lot. I get approached. Oh, wow. I, I get, I, get a, I, I also like on LinkedIn and Facebook, people are, are like friends of my, you know, of, or Gosh. people that people that you know like graduated from the same high school as me but like you know 15 or 20 years later are like can i you know do you have time to talk to so and so or talk to me about about how you got into kids writing and what the you know what you suggest for me it's really difficult because like i say it's like it's not like i it's not like i had any i had any intention to to go and do that Mm -hmm. I was just writing. I was just writing. I mean, yeah. and and so, you know, I was writing for theater. I was writing for myself. I was involved in a group of writers and something that I had written got seen by people who 
ran jumbo pictures and right. we're like, I, we want that guy to come and do some stuff for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, right. sure. You're going to, you know, you're going to pay me to write some stuff. Great. That'll be, you know, a nice supplement to my income as a, you know, as a speech writer, which is what I was doing then. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, it's hard for me. I mean, the only thing I can say to people is that want to get involved in, in writing is to write and write the stuff that you're interested in, see where it goes, um, try to get something going with it, you know, like write a piece of, of, of theater or write a piece of prose or, and read it in public or, you know, get people, get actors to read it. Um, where do all you guys, are you all guys, all guys, are you all in the New York area? Or where no. You live? no, no, um, I'm in Massachusetts. I'm in Ohio. And me okay. and Matt live in Maryland. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like one of the things that I did when I was, you know, just writing stuff, I was I had a, I was in a writer's group that ended up, you know, having a, you know, a lot of pretty successful writers came out of it. And there were only about six of us, but um, everybody ended up doing some kind of, you know, interesting stuff, including Ken Lonergan, who was who won an Oscar, um, uh, a friend of mine, Frank Pugliese, who was the showrunner on House of Cards and, you know, and, and other things. Um, and, you know, just uh, Nicole Burdett, who wrote movies and, 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 and plays, and it's a terrific writer, just all the people that were there became professional writers. But like having that kind of a support system and doing something and trying to like, like, you know, if all else fails, what we did was we created something called Tuesdays at nine, Hmm. which was a reading series. And we just did it to sort of get people to come in and read our work out loud actors. If we were writing theatrical stuff or, you know, even I was writing a lot of prose then. So, you know, actors would come in and, and read as the character in the story that I was writing mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, yeah. what my, my point is the suggestion is like, you know, go and like, we created this and it, it got a lot of, a lot of, you know, it got a lot of attention. And today, <laughs> Tuesdays at nine is in, is in, uh, is in like a bunch of cities all over the, all over the country. Uh, Naked. It was just the theater company, Naked Angels, again, and they there's like Tuesdays at nine L.A., Tuesdays at nine Chicago, Tuesdays at nine New York. I don't know if there's one in I don't know if there's one in Boston, but uh, but like my point being, you know, start doing stuff. If you want to write for something, you know, if you want to if you have, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. write something in the in the in the genre or the form that you're interested in writing and, and, you know, put it out in the world. That's the way to get into it. That's the way I got into it. There you go. For sure. Completely by accident. But yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, what would you like to say to and supporters if you work? Fans say that also. again. What would, say like again? To, what would you like to say to the fans and supporters oh. of your work? Well, you know, thank you. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's greatly appreciated, and it's it's nice. It's the it's kind of the nicest thing. Uh, you know, I mean, I talk about the satisfactions of you know getting a story to where you want it, but like then another great satisfaction of this work is then is having people go, "Wow, that's great," or you know, I really appreciate that, or you know, that you know really helped me, or that's something I think about a lot. Um, 
you know, or you, you know, helped to potty train my kid, you know, what I mean? uh, like, um, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff is just always, always really welcome. There's an interesting thing that we found out when we were working on bear, which was that, um, they were looking at the sort of stats and, and I don't know even where they got this from, but like, um, the most pop, the group that, uh, that was, you know, that bear was like the most popular with interestingly, or was incredibly popular with at the very least was, um, women in prison. Mm. Yeah. Which, you know, is, you know, you can first, you go what, but then you kind of think, well, in prison, they don't really let you watch much, nothing really too provocative or adult or violent or, you know, or in any way sexual, because, you know, that doesn't really, it's not really helpful when you're in prison, any of those <laughs> Yeah. You know, because, yeah. yeah. uh, you know, and it's not, it's not helpful to anybody involved in the whole, you know, prison system. So a lot of what they end up watching is kids stuff. And, um, yeah. and Bear, you know, and a lot of these women who are, are in prison have children out in the foster system or, or with their, what, you know, presumably with, with their, with the father of their, of their kids. And mm -hmm. Bear was a sort of a, a great single dad who was incredibly patient and kind and yes. taking really good care of these kids in his house. So definitely that was really interesting and really, and kind of really gratifying in a way, you know what I mean? Because it yeah. was like, it was just like, yeah, you know, somebody's taking something really, something, something really comforting away from this show. Yeah, I think I think that's a really great way of describing Bear. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if people would like to contact you, where can people find you? Where can they find me? Where are you at yeah. on social media and stuff like that? Uh, I'm on I'm on Facebook. I'm on yeah. Instagram. I'm on uh, LinkedIn. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. Nice. Well, I'll put his links in the description for everybody. That's the first okay. time anybody's ever mentioned LinkedIn. I think. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. 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 First, congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Get a cookie. What? I'm kidding. Anyway, to, to finish this off, so of course, this podcast is called Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show. When you think of nostalgia, what do you think of, or how would you define the word nostalgia? Oh, well, you know, there was a time when I would have thought of nostalgia as the sort of, you know, the, the cornfields and, you know, baseball and, basketball mm. games of you know and and mm. you know neighborhood you know shenanigans and the fourth of july's of my childhood but um and christmas obviously but um i don't know you know once i you know now that i i've had children and and they're both now college students um it's nice. like you know nostalgia takes on a whole new a whole new thing okay. and i think I'll, I'll think a lot back to my daughter, who's, you know, for instance, she's a senior in college and, 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 you know, she was like, she had a, I remember her when she was probably two, um, having, you know, coming on the bear set and having a set visit, oh, having all, all, oh of the, all of the characters and having all of the characters sort of come and, you know, take this, you know, you know, really take time and talk to her and you know give this little girl this great experience that she loved bear yeah. also you know and uh you know and you know now she's she's 21 she's she's 21 oh wow and she's she's got a she's got she recently got a tattoo 
I think what she was, she's a visual artist and a painter and a tr- okay. amazing artist, oh, nice. all, you know, all on her own, but she's, um, she, and she last year spent a whole semester in, uh, in Florence, Italy, uh, wow. in, 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 you know, doing, doing art and, you know, wow. painting and, 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 and sort of being taught by these, by these Florentine painters and these people and blah, blah, blah. So she had a great wow. time and she got it while she was there. She got a tattoo, which was, uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Bocoyo. I think somebody said that it was the show that. Yeah, I grew up yeah, with it. Yeah, me too. Well, me my too, favorite, my favorite episode of Bocoyo is, is an episode that I had to, that I was like determined to get done. And I had to fight for it. It was one of these episodes where like, well, you know, no. And it oh, was wow. the episode. And, it, and if you go on to, it's the episode called uh, "The Key to It All," and it's like, mm. it's like, it's mm. if you go on YouTube and look at the number of views of any Pocoyo episode. Uh, I don't know. Last time I looked, that you know, there's Pocoyo gets viewed a lot, and yeah, any individual right. episode will have like you know, seventeen million views, thirty million Definitely. views, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. This particular episode has a hundred and and two versions of it. One has like 180 million views, and I think one has now like 190 million views. Wow. So, I looked it up. Oh, this, my gosh. Yeah, that's this particular episode, key, the key to it all. And it was my episode, and it was an episode I was determined to do. And it's about, oh. you, you have to, you kind of have to watch it. I won't, I won't do oh. the whole thing. It's only five minutes long, but it's, it's kind of about, <laughs> right. it's yeah. not about, it's not about the, it's not about the, the goal or the treasure that you're after. It's about the journey, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's about, it's about being in the now and having the experience that you have and having the adventure that you have along the way. Um, mm. And, uh, and, and she, the tattoo that she got was the key from that episode. Oh, nice. Oh, oh wow. So oh, that was awesome. like, if there's if any, any sort of, any fan compliment that I've ever gotten, it, that that one from my daughter, <laughs> having there that tattooed know. on her, having that tattooed on her wrist was the greatest thing, you uh, know. That's amazing. You know, if she that's had awesome. to get a tattoo, if she had to get a tattoo, <laughs> uh, the key from Poco Yo was was a, was was one that I could you know at least marginally accept. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Awesome. And, and, and yeah. I did I did also want to ask like how does it feel that you know your work has you know become like bear and pocoyo and you know the other things too like that it became those shows became such huge successes yeah uh well i mean what i mean it's incredibly gratifying it's it's uh it's really like to see that there were these these petitions to get bear on disney plus you know yeah. to see and now that. it is yeah and now it is nice. and, now, and now it is the fans you know sort of demanded it and it's it's you know it's just a, a feeling of like you know in life you just sort of hope that you make some sort of impression you know i mean that's yeah. what else can you really hope for and you know my parents were both teachers and I was just always astounded. I would, you know, I traveled all, all around with them and there were always people who, who you'd hear when I was in Italy with my dad, was somebody that was like, Mr. Yerkes, you know, what are you, you know, Hey, Hey, you know, uh, you know, what are you doing in Italy? You know? And it was like, just people knew because he had touched so many lives being a teacher for 30 years. 
right. that, you know, that, the, mm-hmm. that those people were just diaspora. They were everywhere, you know, That's and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. of, and I always just was, I just so, I thought that was so great. And the idea of just like making an impression or, or having something memorable in some, you know, being a part of something memorable in someone's life is just, you know, what else do you really want? You Definitely. Know? Thank okay, you so out. much, uh, Thank you so much, okay. Andy. It's been a blast. Cool. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, nice thank, to, yes, thank you. I'm, nice you know, thank you. We'll definitely yeah, keep in touch, and hopefully, we can have somebody from Bear on with you in the future if you're up for coming back. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I think I'm, you know. I mean, are we still recording? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this well, is going to be cut off anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there. Um, just about anybody would be would be fine. There, there. You know, I think you'll find that there are some people who won't want to uh won't want to be in a conversation with me you know Jim, um, we'll have tyler bunch on yeah that would work perfect all right, a, right. i know why you're saying okay. that too. Like, fine. I'll, I'll i'll message you once this uh episode uh or interview goes up mm-hmm. and we'll send yeah. you the photo as well yeah sure. all right fantastic thanks guys yeah thank you so much you know yeah, thank you so much. You for are your, worth it for your for your yeah. work, yeah. being and part of our childhoods, and you know, keep up your good work. And Kevin, yeah. what's next for you? Thank, yes, thank you guys. Thank you guys welcome. for being interested. Thank you, and Have everyone. Welcome. Thank you, Andy. All right, take care. Bye bye. See, Andy. Bye bye, Andy. Yeah, bye, Andy. Bye bye. Well, everybody, that brings another episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show to a close. Remember, Bear in the Big Blue House will be streaming on Disney Plus October 19th. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure by the time this episode comes out, it'll already be on Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, by mm-hmm. the time this comes out, it'll probably have been on Disney Plus for a while. Yeah. But, <laughs> and, uh, but anyway. Yeah. Just, just go watch it anyway. Go watch yes. it anyway. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we definitely watch, will be. I'm planning on binge watching it as soon as it comes out. I will too. Aren't we all? Yes, yes definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, anyone... Anyone, anyway, <laughs> anyone, anyway, <laughs> that's the thing we should cut off at a point. Anyway, that brings another episode of Jake's Happiness Challenge to, to a close. Thanks again, Andy Yerkes. We enjoyed talking a lot with him. And remember, yeah. everyone, you're, you're worth, worth it. it. And stay nostalgic. Take care, everyone. Bye, bye. bye everybody. See you next time on another episode of Jake's Happy Nostalgia Show, where nostalgia comes alive. Be sure to follow us on social media and stream us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And as always, remember that you are worth it and to always stay nostalgic. Bye-bye.